Well, good morning, everybody. And thank you for being here and, and joining us uh, while we together honor the life of Ronald Lindon. The following words of William Wordsworth are from his poem, Intimations of Immortality. Our birth is but a sleep and a forgetting. The soul that rises with us, our life's star, at that elsewhere it's setting and cometh from afar. Not in entire forgetfulness and not in utter nakedness, but trailing clouds of glory do we come and from God who is our home. Having come into this world from our source, we are destined to return to it. And we now respectfully acknowledge and honor our spiritual friend, Ronald Paul Lindon, knowing that he continues to eternally live in that wholeness of the infinite reality we call God. Our awareness of our true nature is obvious evidence of such knowing, which spiritually enlightened people through the ages have invariably affirmed. And from the second chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, the real self, one's pure essence, is birthless, deathless, perpetual, and eternal. It does not die when the body dies. Souls come into this world, abide for a while, and return to inner space from which they emerged. Their varied experiences do not change their essence, which is a unit of the pure essence of ultimate reality. And from the journal of Ralph Waldo Emerson, a 19th century New England transcendentalist, the blazing evidence of immortality is our dissatisfaction with any other solution. The restlessness that troubles the mind when we are not yet fully conscious of our eternal relationship with the infinite is an indication that our innate urge to be spiritually awake is becoming increasingly influential. And from the book of Psalms 91.1, he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. The secret place is pure consciousness that clarifies our awareness, unveils our spiritual qualities, it reveals our higher knowledge, and enables us to realize and experience and know our real nature and ultimate reality. And from the writings of Paramahansa Yogananda, there is a fundamental purpose for our lives, to know it. We must understand where life comes from and where it is going. Look beyond our immediate goals to what we ultimately want to accomplish and consider our highest potential for development. Our ultimate purpose is accomplished when we have awakened through the stages of spiritual growth to permanent self and God-realization. Ronald Lindon, Ronald lived his truth, and he lived the truth that he knew. 
and he was a wonderful example of a dedicated, disciplined Kriya Yogi. He was humble, lived in service, and he personally, for me, individually, he was, he was just an immense blessing, always. And in particular, Ronald's brilliant qualities shined when, when Guruji passed a couple years ago. You know, we, we were left with, with a void, and Ronald just, just leaped into the breach. He didn't step. He jumped. He did. And he created an awesome online program during, with or without the issue of the health issues we had this past year. He just was something he started to work on immediately before we had issues that caused, uh, you know, social distancing, so to speak. And so with that, this online program has taken off and, and will be an ongoing piece of the outreach here. And in a sense, it's Ronald's legacy because it'll grow. And this type of communication is a piece of the future outreach, without a doubt. And he really is responsible for putting that in place here. And I'm deeply grateful to him for that. Practical and talented in, in such a variety of ways, a truly unique individual and a blessing to have with me and with all of us here. And, and I'll miss him. He was my brother. So um, with that, I would like to, you know, there's a few people that will have an opportunity to share their thoughts on, on Ronald. And the next person is uh, Leody um, Franklin, a long devotee of Guruji, of Roy, of Mr. Davis, and, uh, and, and a fellow board member, longtime board member, and very dependable, wonderful person. So with that, Leody, we can uh, switch over to the West Coast. Yes, from sunny California. I guess I'll share a few thoughts and um, stories about Ron. Uh, I first met Ron back in 1971. We were both fledgling disciples of Roy Eugene Davis and the Kriya Yoga spiritual path. And while we had attended several of the seminars here locally in San Jose, California, when Roy would come, I actually met Ron in a study group, a local study group, and not in one of the actual seminars given by Roy. And the study group was held every Tuesday night by Arlie Gaines, another Roy Eugene disciple uh, and minister. And we'd gather together on Tuesday nights, and um, there was a core group of disciples from the study group that took the message to heart were dedicated devotees and um, encouraged by Roy to participate more fully, not just engage in your spiritual practices, but to help be a teacher, spread the good news, um, teach people how to meditate. So this core group went off and began to do workshops at local church groups and local social groups. And Ron, of course, was one of these core group members. And after a number of years of participating, Arlie Gaines left the area on a job assignment. And of course, Ron just stepped right in, took over the study group, and um, helped with the core group continuing. And his creative juices got to flowing, and he wanted to 
decide or he decided let's do better outreach let's grow our group and uh he just started doing various projects in his own creative way anywhere from creating a meditation uh slogan that you could iron on on your t-shirts to actually producing a monthly newsletter and he had the disciples there the core group writing articles and he would do the artistic layout and publish the newsletter and send it out he just wanted expansion of of the teachings so right from the beginning ron was uh displaying his leadership skills his creativity and his dedicated service to expand and be involved in the teachings and then of course in 1978 ron left the San Jose area to be with Roy and help at the uh, CSA center in a variety of ways. And as Clifford pointed out, he left just a tremendous legacy there, particularly when uh, Roy made his transition, his Mahasamadhi occurred. While Ron was in the Lake Mod area for the rest of his life, he led his life fearlessly. He had a number of different um, career paths, if you will. He did so many different things. And I recall one time visiting the area and talking to Ron and saying, oh, my gosh, you're shifting careers again. It's an entirely different path. You just grasp with joy the different components of your life. And he said, oh, yes, absolutely. You know, there's all kinds of possibilities out there. And we just need to see them and take advantage of them. So he lived fearlessly because he knew that God sustains and that God's grace provides for everything. Ron lived joyously. He had a good sense of humor. He was so skilled. One of the most creative people I think I've ever met. He certainly showed his leadership. He was curious about life in every aspect And most importantly, as Clifford pointed out, he was a very good yogi, dedicated, committed to spiritual practices, and so involved in providing service about truth teachings particularly. He was compassionate. He could hear you. He could hear the suffering. Uh, He was a good counselor. And above all, he was about providing service. That was his true legacy, I think. Ron's love for God and guru, his enthusiasm for life, his joyful dedication of service are all a source of inspiration for me and I'm sure for each one of us. Those of you who tuned in regularly for Ron's teachings, you you felt that inspiration and that joy coming from him. Ron also just loved writing. I think if he could lock himself away in his office, he would write all day and all night. And um, what I would like to do is read a paragraph from one of his writings, and it's in the minister's blog, and I believe was published in uh, Truth Journal as well. And I think this, in essence, um, demonstrates his self-knowledge, his self-realizations, the truth that he came to know. And this is the paragraph. 
When we are in need of healing in some area of our lives, the place to begin is within. We first need to reestablish a connection with a perfect, unlimited, radiant being that we are. Our essential nature is pure consciousness, expressing through a mind and body in relation with the same consciousness in other forms of expression as individuals and our universe. When we operate from this radiant essence of our being, we are in harmony with the forces of creation and our healing unfolds quickly and without great effort. I see you now in perfect health, happy, happy, fulfilled and prosperous. Love and unceasing blessings, Ron Lindon. So yes, Ron, I see you as a bright, shining, enlightened being and leaving your legacy of encouraging each one of us to be self and God realized. We acknowledge your dedicated service and we honor the divinity within you. Thank you, Laodi. Wonderful to see you and, and so, so glad you're here. Our next individual that I'll be sharing is uh, Ellen Grace O'Brien. And uh, Ellen, those that are here with us don't, don't need any introduction to Ellen. She's wonderful. Of course, the lead minister for the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose. And Ellen? Thank you, Clifford. It is uh, an honor and a privilege to participate in this memorial today for our dear brother Ron Lindon. And first, I, I want to extend my heart to Ron's beloved wife, Ellen, to the CSA staff and board who served so closely with him for so many years, and to all of my brother and sister disciples who loved and appreciated him. We, we will miss him. There are a lot of us, and each of us has our own stories and memories of how Ron inspired us. Besides the immeasurable gift of the guru, one of the gifts we receive on the path of discipleship is our connection to one another as brother and sister disciples. And if we are fortunate, we get to grow up spiritually together to learn from and be inspired by one another. And certainly this is the case for me over many decades of knowing Ron. There's a verse in the Bhagavad Gita that, that points to this blessing on the path. It's in the 10th chapter. I would like to share verses uh, seven and nine. One who knows in truth my manifested glory and power is united with me by unwavering yoga. And of course, that me is the divine reality. One who knows in truth my manifested glory and power is united with me by unwavering yoga. Of this, there is no doubt. Those who think of me, their lives fully dedicated to me, enlightening each other and speaking of me constantly, they are content and they rejoice. Ron was my older brother, my older spiritual brother. He was a gifted, devoted, steadfast yogi whose life consciousness and service blessed me and countless others. 
I was awed by his creative abilities and his devotion to the guru that was continually revealed by him doing really whatever was needed. Ron would rise to that occasion, whether it was being in the sound room. Um, he, he never seemed to mind, you know, serving behind the scenes. So in the sound room, uh, helping to serve meals, building a beautiful altar that we're gazing upon this morning, leading meditation, setting up the CSA website and online streaming, um, or anything more, you know, maybe uh, making a beautiful film about the life of the gurus in our tradition. All that he did was amazing, but I think most amazing of all was his heart um, that was revealed in his smile. So whether he was picking me up from the airport in Atlanta to help me get to CSA or staying up late in the evening to tape a talk, rising early the next day to lead meditation or answering one of my many requests about where to find this photo or that reference, he always greeted me with his smile and his willingness to be of service. Who can do that? I think of it as a city, as a yoga power uh, that arises from surrendered devotion to God and gurus, self-knowing, self-realization, and selfless service. I have come to realize that as we surrender on this discipleship path, all of our talents and our abilities will be put to use to serve higher purpose. And all of our worthwhile dreams will be fulfilled. Ron's talents and abilities, all of them, were certainly put to good use, supporting the work of his guru and making his teachings more accessible for seeking souls everywhere. And we thank you for that, Ron. And his service to God and gurus not only afforded him the opportunity to, you know, further develop and express those talents to awaken spiritually and to become the steadfast yogi he was destined to be, but I think it also brought love beyond love into his life, being with his guru and, of course, when he met and married Helen. Even our guru teared up at the sweet joy of their marriage. Mr. Davis wrote, an important involvement with the guru is to assist him with his mission. His mission is to awaken souls and show them the way to self-realization. No disciple ever has to ask, my guru has his mission, now what is mine? The guru's, the disciple's obligation is to assist the guru with his mission. The disciple's obligation is to assist the guru with his mission. In this way, he discovers his own role in the cosmic process. Ron was attuned to his guru and to the cosmic evolutionary process. He loved 
both and immensely enjoyed the spiritual life. A few days after he passed on, a birthday card for me arrived with Ron's word of blessing. And that word was enjoy. It was a poignant, powerful, and an unforgettable last word from my spiritual brother. Enjoy. I can see his smile with that twinkle in his eyes. I can hear him say it. His motto, really, his great summation of it all, enjoy. So I will close with one more of Ron's gifts to me. He gave me a copy of uh, the complete poems of T.S. Eliot, and he marked in the book a poem that was a favorite of his, uh, one called Burnt Norton. And it's um, it draws, T.S. Eliot is drawing from his visit to a burned English manor house. And it's a reflection on time, on eternity, on love, and on presence. So I'd like to share a few uh, words from that poem um, that Ron loved. I share that with you. At the still point of the turning world, neither flesh nor fleshless, neither from nor towards, at the still point, there the dance is. At the still point, there the dance is, but neither arrest nor movement. And do not call it fixity, where past and future are gathered, neither movement to nor from nor toward, neither ascent nor decline, except for the still point. Except for the point, the still point, there would be no dance, and there is only the dance. Words after speech reach into silence, and the end and the beginning were always there before the beginning and after the end, and all is always now. And now shall we, in loving memory of our brother Ron, enjoy, enjoy enjoy. Thank you, Ellen. I was thinking the other day when I actually first met Ron, it was outside of CSA. Um, I was working at a um, psychiatric hospital and Ron was in charge of our marketing department there at the hospital. And he would um, use his various talents to keep the hospital full. Um, he did the, wrote and directed the TV commercials he did all of the um, advertising and so on. And I didn't know he was involved with CSA when I first met him, but I remember sitting in the staff meetings with all of the staff from the hospital and I, I recognized him. I said, this is something different. And I had heard his name before, of course, but then I realized who he was. I said, oh my gosh, two Kriya yogis in one room here. But Ron... Ron showed his talents and demonstrated a, a, a different character there that I remember at the hospital. And then, of course, um, fast forward to about 
six weeks ago. And I had uh, uh, the privilege of uh, relieving Helene, Ron's wife, uh, there in the hospital with Ron during some of the um, last days. And I, I want to relate a story just because it explains a lot of, to me, anyway, about Ron. And um, I'd say it was five or six weeks ago. I don't know the exact date. And Ron was was in the bed and I was with him. I had bought him some lunch. And um, he was in a very chatty mood this day. Most of the time we just sat quietly, but he was chatty. And he started to reminisce. Um, and one particular point that he, he uh, shared with me was a childhood memory. And um, he, it occurred when he was 10 years old and he, uh, his father had a, a garage on the side of their house where they would work on cars and his father would do car repairs. So Ron told me, he said, one day his father invited him out and said, Ron, I have a project. It's a long project. It's going to take a lot of focus and attention, but if you will stick with me and help me, you can be my helper. And so the project was to take a car apart completely and then to put it back together again. And if you've ever done that without having a bunch of pieces left over, you've done a pretty good job. So Ron uh, assisted his father. He said it took uh, a couple of months, I believe. And of course, the, this was a car uh, dated back in the 50s, I'd say. So cars were a lot different yet, different than the computers we drive around now anyway. But um, Ron said it was it was one of the most magnificent memories and experiences of his childhood to take that car apart, to see how it worked, and then to put it back together again. And after I left Ron that day and I was driving home, it you know dawned on me, well, it explains a lot. Um, Ron really approached his life that way, meticulous, fastidious, paying attention to detail, and most importantly, his uh, spiritual path. Um, Ron paid attention to everything. And when you were around him and if you heard him speak, he had, he had the details. Um, and that's really what I love about Ron. Uh, he is a brother to me. Um, I miss him. In the end, Ron was very strong. He knew what he was doing. He knew where he was going. There was no doubt in his mind. And that consciousness that he shared with me, um, I'll never forget. So we love you, Ron. We bless you on your journey. And now I've got to introduce Ryan. <laughs> Ryan Strong is a, a longtime devotee, um, Ayurvedic practitioner, Jyotish astrologer, and uh, a good, really good friend of Ron's. Ron would mention uh, Ryan quite, quite often as a wonderful friend and devotee. So Ryan, take over. Thank you. Can you hear me okay? Yep. Good. Well, it's quite an honor to be here uh, talking about such a great person. Ron was a friend, he was a guide, and he was a brother. I met Ron back in the early 2000s. The very first time that I ever got to sit and be with Roy, Ron was there. 
and Ron would come down in the morning. He didn't work at CSA at that time, but he would come down in the morning and meditate with Roy, listen to his talk, and he'd leave. And so I, I didn't really get to know him that well. I, I just see him around. I met him a few times at lunches and stuff. And my first impressions of him was uh, that he was kind of cool. He would, he would sit in lotus. Everyone would sit in chairs, and he would sit in the lotus position. Sometimes you'd see him with a leather coat. Sometimes he'd ride a motorcycle. I think when I first saw him, he had a little bit of long hair in the back. He had, you know, kind of business in the front, party in the back. <laughs> and, but I didn't get to know him that well. And, and, but it was a couple years later, I was visiting Encinitas. I was uh, on a spiritual pilgrimage and I was there enjoying the fish and the beautiful ponds and the flowers overlooking the ocean. And Ron was there. I looked up and he was sitting there taking pictures. And, and that was a, that was kind of a divine meeting for me. I, I saw that as a significant event. And I think he did too, because that was the beginning of our friendship. And every time I'd see him, he would always ask me how I was doing and give me encouragement and give me good advice. And I would start to hear this term or this phrase, and I would hear it for years and years and years. Every time I'd say goodbye to him, he'd say, just let me know if I can do anything for you. Let me know if you need anything, right? And I think a lot of us, a lot of us know that those um, how helpful he was, how generous he was with his time. You know, and years later, I'd sit with him and meditate in the morning at the center, and then he would take these complex spiritual concepts and he would be able to bring them down and, and make them very simple and easy to understand. And then he'd be able to give you really clear advice. It's rare to find someone that can give really good advice. And Ron could give you really good advice. So in the morning, you could give this, this spiritual understanding in a very simple way, give you really good advice. And then a couple hours later, you'd see him up at one of the houses and he'd be fixing the door or fixing the furnace or fixing the plumbing. <laughs> so in the morning, it was God. In the afternoon, it was, you know, fixing things. And he was, uh, he was a true servant. He was a true servant of the path, a true servant to the guru. He, uh, I think a lot of us, um, I think a lot of people, when we think of a spiritual teacher, we want to see them on a throne and, and touch their feet. But a true spiritual teacher washes the feet of their students. And like Roy, Ron did that. Ron cared for people, loved people, and he took care of them. Last time I got to see him before COVID, I, went, I was able to go to his house and we went for a little walk. And on the way back from this little waterfall, there was a pond, there was a little, there was a little pool of water and there was these little tadpoles and the water was drying up and he's sitting there and he's putting his water bottle into the little pond to give the little tadpoles more water. And he's trying to figure out how to get the tadpoles from one pond into the bigger one. You know, and, and that just demonstrates his loving kindness, his generosity. One of my favorite uh, memories of, of being with Ron 
was when Roy had bought the new statue for the meditation hall. He bought this, he, we, got, we got this Shiva statue. And he asked me if I'd help him bring it up to the hall. And so I was down there talking with him. And I was watching him do the, the woodwork for the little platform. And he's sitting there rubbing the oil into the platform and popping the colors out of it. And he was just masterful. Everything he did, he was so masterful. He gave it his complete attention. So we got to, uh, we got to carry the statue. We put a blanket over and carried it up into the hall. Of course, Roy showed up right at, right at how he would, right at the right moment and tell us where he wanted it. No, over here. Nope, nope, a little bit this way. And so we, we put the statue where he wanted it. And the next morning, Roy said, after meditation, he said, Ryan and Ron installed the Shiva statue. He said, look at Shiva's face. Shiva is never upset. Shiva is always calm and always serene. And that, that was a special moment. You know, if, one of the most important messages that I think that Ron gave me and others uh, gave us, uh, one of them had to do with the film that he did with his wife, Ellen, about trying to help us understand that the gurus in our lineage were people that had to rise above their own challenges to become awake. He spent a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of detail helping all of us see that that's the truth, right? It's, it come, goes back to what Roy used to tell us or, and as he wrote about when he was ordained by Yogananda. And the young man there with him said, is Roy to initiate others into Kriya Yoga? And, and Yogananda said, you too. And the same God in me is the same God in you. And the work that Ron has done really helps us see that. And that we, we help us remove an obstacle so we can awaken. The, the thing that I'm going to miss the most, and it's one of the most important messages that Ron shared, I would get these texts every once in a while. He knew, he knew to text me. He wanted me to get back to him quick. But he would text me and he'd, he'd say, Ryan Andaji. He would he he tease me like Roy would. I'd see Roy and he'd call me Maharaji. You know, they were funny and they were teasing. Was, and uh, <laughs> out of the blue, Ron would send me these messages and he'd say, Ryan, remember to be joyful. Remember to be joyful. And here is this beautiful man, our friend, our guide, our brother, our teacher, serious about the spiritual path, serious about everything he did, serving the guru, helping others. But he was very serious about reminding us to be joyful. Because to know God is to know joy. And so even though it's a sad day, Let's try to remember to be joyful. <laughs> Thank you. God bless. I, I, I will uh, introduce Ellen Lindon, Ron's wonderful partner and wife. Hello, everybody. It's nice to be with you today. And uh, um, thank you all, the dear spiritual friends, 
And um, I say hi also to my dear family, uh, the Linden family who is here with us today, Rick and Dad, Karen, Roger, Bob, Patty, and Bonnet. And Ryan, by the way, he didn't mean to tease you by calling you Ryan Andachi. <laughs> he really meant it. He saw your divine essence. So um, a few months ago, I asked Ron, um, what is your life's mission? And he said, oh, I wrote it on my website. It is to live to serve with an open heart. To live to serve with an open heart. And he was very clear about that. And that's what he did. Every day of his life. And he was serving, of course, God and Guru. And he was serving um, all his spiritual family. And he was serving um, everybody. Um, anyone he met, he was of service. Sometimes he would go to the, we would be anywhere and he would see, you know, he would, um, I think it said, see a need and feel it, see a hurt and heal it. And so even if he was at the grocery store and if, if he's, had an interaction with someone and he felt someone needed it, he would hand them this little happy man <laughs> and or a little heart, depending the need that he saw. And he would like to see that smile on the, the person's face rearrange and bring that light in their face, this smile. That's what he wanted to see. It's what he, he wanted to see that joy in everybody. And so he was really what he wanted is to be of service to everybody and to uplift them in any way he could. So I wanted to share with you what a little of more of the private run that you don't know. And um what is very meaningful, I think, in his life is the way he woke up in, every morning and the way he, he went to sleep. And so when uh, every day at when uh, we woke up, he would, um, he would say, we have another day, a new life. Opportunities abound. Thank you, big dreamer. Or Jaima, Jairam. And then he would uh, look at me with love and say, call me with all the, um, each, the name of all the Hindu goddesses. And each for each uh, one, give a, a quality for each goddess, and and say all these names and look at me and say, 
oh, I'm a lucky guy. <laughs> and so that's how you woke up every, every morning, you know, with um, being so grateful with, um, for all the, the supportive aspect of life that enable us to, to have this wonderful experience and um, appreciate, be grateful and uh, see the, div- the divine in everybody, in me and in everybody is so that divinity and that's what he was focusing on. And then he would live his day um, fulfilling his purpose that was to live to serve with an open heart. And um, at the end of the day, when we went to bed and he, was, he would ask three questions, he would say, um, have we lived? Have we loved? Have we laughed? And the answer to each of these this question was always yes. In this case, we were always doing those three things. So have we lived? It was, um, have we been fulfilling our purpose and have we been paying attention to life and um, to be able to, to fulfill our purpose? Then uh, have we loved, have we um, made everybody aware of that love we have in, the, in our heart? Did we share our love with others? And um, did we laugh? Yes, because that was, it is so important. Uh, do we enjoy life? Do we have fun? And are we able to uh, see the humorous side of things. So that was very, very important to, to run, to he emphasized that as others have said, enjoy, have fun in life, do what you love, do what brings you joy. And then um, the other thing I wanted to share with you is his attitude through illness. Because uh, uh, someone has wrote him and asked, and he thought he wanted to answer not only that person, but to answer to, because many others may have the same question. So he wanted to um, answer everybody, but he didn't have um, a chance to do it. So I wanted to say that his attitude's realness was um, to, um, to do everything he could to heal to cooperate with uh, life support and do everything he knew he knew of to try to heal because he loved life and he wanted to live but he was uh, not attached to the results like a good yogi like do everything you can but n- no attachment to the results and um of course, during also during his illness, as you know, he continued working, fulfilling his purpose, um, doing the work he could do for CSA and showing up. And um, 
the workshops and meditations and stuff. And sometimes it was, it was difficult. He was, he was having a lot of pain and he, he, he was suffering. And sometimes I was concerned and I said, don't you want to, you know, someone else can do it. Don't you want to have it, have someone else do it today? And he said, no, I can do it. Um, for for an hour or two, I can do anything. He had this willpower. He really, be, because that's what he loved to do. And he wanted to continue as long as he was able to. So he was doing that. And sometimes uh, towards the end, and even not only um, and his ministry, but also anyone he met. And so we were spending, of course, um, life has become spending time in all this hospital and uh, at this um, healing facilities where he, he was provided uh, treatments. And even there, he was serving people. He was uh, sharing about uh, meditation. And he, he was advising the nurses. Everybody was listening to him and um, was seeing him. I could see that the 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 nursing people the doctors they, they could see that he was someone special and they were often seeking advice from him and um, I was it was amazing for me to observe that and so and some nurses they were interested in um, meditation or in ayurveda anything it could help them with you would he was really advising them, and sometimes he was giving them a booklet, Roy's booklets about meditation or creative imagination or um, Ayurveda, depending what was their interest. But also, he was able to advise them on anything they they had. Like you could see, you know, what uh, where was the need, what, and he was able to provide a wide range of advises on anything in life he had so many so much experience and knowledge about so many things it was really helpful and that's what he loved to do until you know till the end of his life even till he was really um, in the last days dying and he was always continued to serve others like this and um, so that's what he how we lived through his illness. And then um, um, at the end, um, you know, when we, we knew that nothing else, doctors, they couldn't help, me, help him anymore. He was living the last days of his life. And um, I told him, uh, this is, you know, this is so hard. And... Um, I am so um, um, I'm so attached to you. I uh, I'm not a good yogi, and I said, um, the, "Did you have?" I was interested always to know about more about him as well. And so I said, uh, "Do did you have to go through this process of detaching uh, from?" The, the world or anything to go through this detachment process as I, I feel that I'm going through, I have to detach. 
And uh, he, he shook his head. He said, no, he didn't have to because he was already detached. He didn't have this attachment. He was a very good yogi, a strong yogi at, at the core. And, uh, and then also um, in these last days also, I... Um, uh, one day um, um, at the hospital with him, and he said, you know, um, in the evening when they all leave, because it was very busy at the hospital and always someone come in and take his vitals and um, do some uh, IVs and doctor's visit and all this stuff. All day there were people coming in and out. And he said, you know, at the end of the day when... I have some quiet time when they all leave me alone, finally, maybe around 9 p.m. or so. And um, he said, I just sit here, lay here in bed, and uh, I, have, uh, in this, I have some quiet time and I can contemplate. And he said, and you know, it's all there. He said, said like that, it's all there. Meaning, you know. He had this experience of wholeness till the, you know, till the very end. So I think that's uh, very meaningful and uh, encouraging and um, um, a promise like to all of Mr. Davis's students that uh, Ron gave us so much inspiration and so much encouragement, advice shared so much of of him with us especially his love especially his love and um, so it's very encouraging for all Mr. Davis students I think and for all of us so thank you beloved Ron for everything you shared with us and for this beautiful family that we have today so I'm going to let Clifford continue the service now. Well, thank you, everybody, for, for sharing. So please acknowledge with me that Ron is awakening to the ultimate extent of spiritual growth, supported by our prayers and goodwill and nurtured by God's grace. So let's all take a moment Get quiet. Put your attention in the spiritual eye. Then, in your own way, acknowledge God. Acknowledge your own immortal self. And see the light of Ron the pure essence of his being, joyfully being rejoined from whence he came. I know that Ron was fully awake when he left, and I see him resting in the arms of, of, of all the ones that, that he loved. 
the immortals, the, the pure souls that reside. So see that. May peace and understanding fill our hearts as we free Ron to his highest good. And if you will repeat with me. So let us say to him, Ron. Ron. We behold your divine nature. We see you in the wholeness of God. Our love, goodwill, and God's redemptive grace are constantly with you. And in closing, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope where there is darkness, light, and where there is sadness, joy, and grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console. For it is giving that we receive, and it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and is it is in dying to the small sense of self that we are born to eternal life, attributed to St. Francis of Assisi, So I see you, Ronald Linden, in the light, residing in the arms of the infinite, invisible, pure essence of all that there is, from whence you float into this plane of existence. And I see you in perfect peace. Om Shanti Shanti Om. Peace. Amen. So thank you all for sharing with us today, being with us today, honoring Ronald and seeing him in perfect, perfect peace. And so thank you again and uh, blessings to, to all of you. And thank you. Om peace. Amen. <laughs>